Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. Brought to you by Blue Sky Business Consulting. We discuss five questions in about 15 minutes. Hi again, everyone. Glad that you have chosen to join us here on the Team Engagement Podcast. We always look forward to our guests joining us, sharing of their insights. And I am equally as excited with today's guest. This is Rob Schroeder. He is the founder and managing partner of Steerbridge out of Washington, D.C., Rob, thank you so much for taking time to join me on the podcast today. And what would you like the audience to know about Steerbridge? Hey, Sean. Well, first off, uh, of course, thank you for the opportunity to uh, spend some time with you today. I really enjoy the podcast and appreciate kind of what you do going around uh, helping other businesses to grow and thrive uh, and really achieve their maximum potential. So I appreciate you allowing me to join today. Uh, real quickly, Steerbridge. Listen, we are a professional services company delivering solutions to the federal government. The primary clients are the DOD, VA, and the uh, intelligence communities. We are primarily a data company, so we uh, allow our customers to better collect their data, manage their data, and then leverage that data with high-end uh, techniques such as AI and ML in order for them to better serve uh, our nation. Wow, that's fantastic. And I should add an extra thank you for your service. I know you're a veteran. You've been with Marines for a long time. Thank you for your service and thank you for everything that you're doing to help protect freedom around the world, especially here at home. So thank you. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate that. You betcha. All right, well, let's talk about our questions then. Now, as you've been building Steerbridge, is there a challenge that you've overcome that you're especially proud of? So, Sean, that's a great question. And I think a lot of folks have standard issues that they overcome, you know, access to capital, uh, you know, uh, invariably something goes wrong. The, uh, you know, somebody does something on a contract they're not supposed to do. Uh, you know, a, a check doesn't come in when it's supposed to. Uh, you're stretched thin. Um, you know, you're both the head legal officer, the payroll officer, the CEO, and head recruiter all wrapped into one as you get started. So, you know, we had all those challenges, but really the one thing I think that uh, the biggest challenge that we've had is in working at the VA, so, which is one of our customers, is that we're not only a uh, professional services provider for the VA and solution provider, but we're also customers. And so that has been a challenge that I did not foresee in the the uh, because we're on all sides of the fence there because we are solution provider or the recipient of that solution and then we've got to work with the officials to develop the solutions and so that's been a challenge for us and our team that I did not foresee and I would say we're still in the process of working through that and overcoming that but that's one it's an unusual one based on our circumstances but we're all so committed to the mission and to helping. Uh, that particular customer, that that has been a challenge for us that we're still working on kind of getting to the right spot with that one. Yeah, that is an interesting challenge. I don't think I've ever had somebody kind of talk about how, yeah, they're a provider, but they're also a customer at the same time, kind of got this little bit of a loop there. But uh, interesting challenge. But yeah, and I appreciate you also pointing out that with a lot of challenges, we never, in, in some cases we do, but in a lot of cases, we never completely figure out the perfect solution for all scenarios. And it's always kind of a work in progress. So I appreciate you pointing that out because that is an important facet for leaders to remember is, hey, we overcome the challenges, but sometimes there's still more to go. We still learn, we still adapt. And all of that is really critical. So great comments, appreciate that. Question number two, 
how do leaders or how can leaders kind of foster a culture of creativity within the organization? Well, so Sean, for that one, I would say also that's critically important for exactly what you talked about before, having to be creative because you got to be flexible because no, there's no one size fits all solution for any small business or really any business out there. So you got to be creative. And we've tried to do here is create that ready room culture that it's easy for me because, you know, that's where I came from, an aviation background. And so what I always use is the example of, and when I talk to all the new people coming into the company, uh, a lot of people are familiar with the Blue Angels. And the Blue Angels are arguably some of the world's best fighter pilots out there. They go do a show. What's the first thing they do? They go spend an hour talking about all the mistakes they made and how they could have done the show better. Whereas everybody on the ground thinks it was perfect. It looked great. It was wonderful. Uh, but they're such professionals. They're always looking for ways to do things better. And so that's how I believe it's a it's a um, a culture of creativity and trust because we're all trying to make each other better as well as as a leader, giving them the space to do that. So mistakes will be made during that process. You know, every solution is not great. Also, as a leader, I feel like I've got to give them enough runway and enough latitude and enough resources for them to actually be creative. So that's not just a complete black and white. It's not just let's do the same thing we've been doing day in and day out. So it's really a culture of constant improvement. It's a culture of creativity. And I, it's just the way it comes natural to me and the way I've grown up. Uh, in the Marine Corps, always looking for solutions that are outside of the box because we can do things bigger, better, faster. If we maybe just think about it a, from a different lens, and that's bringing that right team together. Uh, like my business partner, uh, not in the, never in the military. He's a CFO, CPA by training. You know, he's all these things that I'm not, and that's what allows us to be creative because we bring different people in uh, that have a different perspective and uh, experience base and expertise. I love that. And I really liked, especially at the end, I mean, I loved everything that you just said, but especially at the end when you were talking about your partner and how you have complementary strengths mm -hmm. and that, that allows the team to, to really thrive that way. But uh, going back just a little bit earlier to your comments about, I, I like that phrase, that runway of creativity to allow them that kind of that, that space to create and to innovate and to find new answers to solutions or new answers to problems that they may not have even come across yet. So great comments. Love that. And, and right, to make mistakes. They got to be able, to, they got to know they can make a mistake and, yes. you know, they're not going to get throttled for it. And uh, that that's a key component. Oh, it really is that, that psychological safety, that safety zone to, to say, you know what, we're not going to make a big mistake, but even if we do, we're in a space where we can correct it. And yep. uh, I heard, a, I heard of, and I, I really need to research this and figure out who said it, but I believe it was a woman CEO or someone that said, there isn't a mistake that one of my employees makes that I cannot correct. She wasn't saying it in a spirit of arrogance. It was a spirit of, hey, we can fix it. There's always yep. something that we can fix. And I really like that, that approach. And I love how you said it as well. So great well, we tell uh, folks a lot of, so we hire a lot of military folks. So they've never done this. This is their first job out of the military. And in order to ensure we get that creativity, aggressiveness and everything, we tell them you're not going to make a fatal mistake. My partner and I are not going to allow you to make a fatal mistake. You're going to make plenty of mistakes, but that comfort knowing that, hey, I'm not going to ruin the business if I do something wrong today. Uh, that so we're in violent agreement with one another. Oh, I like that. Yeah, no fatal mistakes. Yeah, I like that. 
All right. Well, question number three, how can leaders help the team members to learn to trust each other? Well, I think one thing that is often not talked about, and I've seen this, so I've been out of the Marine Corps now for 10 years, so in the private sector, and what I see often gets overlooked uh, in that trust thing, uh, trust piece is the compensation and how folks are compensated. I feel like that has often, uh, uh, it doesn't build trust, but it undercuts the trust. And, and so I'd say that is the key component to make sure you got your compensation structure uh, it's balanced and it's it's in the right shape so that it doesn't undercut the trust. And I think the way you build trust is that the team sees you as the leader in the in the mix with them, working hard, working the solutions, and then producing results uh, alongside so that the trust comes from everybody working together. And the more you work together, the more that trust comes about. And uh, you know, I think there's nothing greater than you know being in the trenches with each other and developing a solution and knowing that everybody has the same goal and end state at the end of the day. And if you can do that, so as the leader, that's my responsibility to set that vision and everybody's going in the same direction uh, and everybody knows we all have the same motivations. Uh, that's That to me is getting them oriented correctly, pointing in the right direction and know everybody's going there um, uh, with the right intentions. I like that. Yeah, great comments. Great comments. All right. Question number four. Is there a, <clears throat> it happens once in a while, you know, we were kind of just talking earlier about that, that space to make a mistake or something like that. Is there an experience that you've had where maybe it might be perceived as a failure, but you turned it into a win? Uh, yes. So uh, in this business, we, we consider success. It's a lot like you know your baseball uh, picture behind you. If we're hitting, if we're batting three hundred, we're successful. And so with our our proposals going out, so it's a game of failure to begin with. But I would say for us, we we spent early on a lot of time, a lot of resources, and a lot of effort on one particular proposal. It was a gigantic proposal. We spent a year doing it. It was audacious. It was uh, uh, way beyond our um, uh, what was expected from us. Uh, but and and we didn't get it. I I still think to this day it's a uh, that uh, our customer made a massive mistake, and that it's borne out in what has occurred. Uh, but that so it was a failure. We did not get it. I had been saying we were going to get it for you know, the better part of a year, I felt like our solution, everything was great. But how do we turn that around? Number one, we turn around like, look, we are creative, we are audacious enough to go after a billion dollar deal. That's who we are. That's in our DNA. So that became part of our DNA. The second thing was, all those relationships that we built along the way are pro uh, providing uh, fruit on other areas as well. And then third, we're still never going to give up on that thing. We're still going to come back to it. And I'm still convinced of the righteousness and the rightness of that one. And so I, I uh, we're taking little victories along the way, but I'm still going to come back to that thing uh, because I feel like it was right. But it, it was a big failure for us. Really like that approach because you pointed several things out. You mentioned that even though there was a bit of a failure, the relationships that you, that you built along the way are bearing fruit now. And that you're not giving up, that it's not not necessarily an end 
you know, there's still an opportunity to develop something there and see if you can turn that into a bigger win. You've already had a lot of, you know, using the baseball analogy, you're hitting some singles right now. You want to get to that uh, extra base hit or even that home run or even the granddaddy, the, the grand slam. So <laughs> love that. Love that. We're going to come back to the baseball analogy here in just a second. I'll ask a question number five real quick. And then we have a little bonus question for the audience here. Question number five. Tell us a little bit about your first job, because I think this is fascinating. So uh, like a lot of folks, Sean, I had a, uh, I started a lawn business, but I think that I started a lawn business on steroids and really built up quite the uh, book of business. But the big lesson learned I had there was one day I had to cut 20 yards in a day. So imagine a kid, single push mower, 20 yards. You have to figure out a way logistically to do that. There's only so much daylight. But I figured out a way mowing business yards, you know, at 4 a.m. before sunset of sunrise, all these sort of things. But then I figured out, man, I can make, you know, 20, 20 yards, $20 a yard, 400 bucks. I can make $400 a day. And we're talking, this is back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, that motivated me in a way that was, that just showed me, hey, hard work with a smart plan equals uh, great benefits. And so I uh, I ran that lawn business. I gave it to my brothers. I still mowed yards all the way through my time at the academy and into flight school uh, because it was so lucrative that I could go in and do it. So I, I love my yard business. I love the lessons I got from it as well. That's awesome. That's got to be a record 20 in one day. My goodness, I can't even fathom that. So well done. A- Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that. Okay. Here's a bonus question. This isn't, yes. uh, we haven't asked anybody else, but uh, before you and I started the recording, we were having some fun talking about baseball. So I, I just have to ask, what is your favorite baseball memory? I already know what it is because you started to talk about it, but the audience has to hear this too. So share with us your, your favorite baseball memory. So in uh, I was fortunate enough, I grew up, my dad played baseball for the San Francisco Giants back in the 60s. And fast forward 2010, Uh, the Giants were in the World Series, and uh, we got asked to go. I was a command of a VMA 214, the Black Sheep Squadron, uh, a Harrier Squadron down in Yuma, Arizona. We went and did the flyover, game two, the World Series, and the Giants head office knew, remember, a lot of folks there remember my dad. Uh, They brought us all down on the field, and uh, really a great moment for me to be able to do that flyover, be able to be on the field with the Giants. The only huge mistake I made, I didn't invite my dad out there and have him on the field with me. So that was that was a mistake, but it was a it was a great memory for me. Well, that, I just I love that. It just gives me the chills every time because not only I mean, how many people get to be on the field? Very, very, very few. And then how many get to do a flyover? Even smaller. So I just I yeah. love the fact that you could do both. The only That's drawback to your story, Rob, is that if I remember correctly. The uh, 2010 Giants knocked out the Philadelphia Phillies in the NLCS. So <laughs> that part, you know, that, that still is a little bit bitter for me, but uh, this helps me feel a little bit better about it. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, I, I am sorry for uh, bringing that memory up. No, you're not, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Rob, this has been so much fun. Thank you for sharing yep. your insights, your wisdom, your experience, as well as some fun memories as well. How can people find you? Well, thanks, Sean, again. I uh, greatly appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to connect. Uh, Easy to connect with me, Rob at steerbridge.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me there and, uh, you know, let us know how we can help you. I also, I'm a very big advocate in the veteran space, especially for transitioning veterans as they look for uh, their next careers. I'm happy to connect with anybody, uh, general 
uh, support, advice, or mentoring that I can provide, uh, you know, other business owners or other uh, veterans as they look to make the transition. Fantastic. And thank you again for your service. We really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks so much to everybody for tuning in every week. We appreciate you and we wish everybody a great day. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. We also invite you to follow or subscribe to our podcast wherever you may be listening or watching. Is your business thriving? Go to tbs-score.com to find out. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day.